Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Adam White and Jeremy Smith. We are skipping the news tonight because there's not really much to tell. So we're going to jump straight into things. But do remember, for all your latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We're starting this evening with a look down a division, really, into Ligue 2 because we've not had a look sort of <laughs> for the entire season of really what might be coming up this way, what players are impressing and could be Ligue 1 starlets next season. But starting with the somewhat runaway league leaders, and that's your team, Jez, in Mets, who've had a, a, a solid bounce-back campaign after the relegation last season. They did finish the, the Ligue 1 season relatively okay, but obviously they've ended up finishing bottom but it looks like yet again they may be coming back straight back up has it been a, a season of positives or, or or is there a worry that it, they're not quite strong enough to to maintain league and status should they get that next season um can i say both yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean you, you look at the position we're in and and uh, one of the top scoring teams in the division one of the best defensive teams in the division uh, reasonably comfortable i think we we need Four more wins to be sure of being promoted, and, and, and particularly if we win this weekend over Lorient, who are currently in third, that'd be a huge step toward, towards assuring promotion. Um, and, and it's hard to, to quibble, but at the same time, we've been, we have looked like a very good League Dirt team, but there have been really long periods where we haven't been playing great football, and um, We've possibly a few results that even have been a little bit flattering for us. And I saw someone, I saw a Mets fan recently refer to us as a, a League 1.5 team, which I think is quite a good description. I think over the last 10 years, we've only spent, I think only once have we been in the same division for two consecutive seasons, um, which it's you know crazy what a, what a yo-yo cut club we've become. At one point you can go to going to the National, but generally it's between Liga and Ligue 2. Um and it, it does feel like we're we're sort of for the most part too good for Ligue 2, but never quite good enough for Liga. So I expect that we'll go up, but I I would hope that we make a few changes um in order to, to have a chance of staying up. Um, and possibly the most important thing, apart from player recruitment, is is whether Frederick Antonetti comes back as well. Um, he's been given given a sort of indeterminate leave of absence to to care for his wife, who's who's uh, very unwell. Um, uh, Vincent Agnon has been sort of holding the fort and has done, uh, I think, surprisingly well, considering that he came from Messi's biggest rivals, where. He sort of came to mess as a bit of a hero because he had a, such a terrible time at Nossi and, and it looked like he was going to condemn them to to, to relegation. Um, but at the same time, we were a little bit worried that having come off such a bad time at Nossi, was he going to be able to, to sort of continue what Antonetti's been doing? And as I said, the football hasn't necessarily been as good as at the start of the season, but he has managed to maintain the results. He has managed to, to make us to ensure that we still remain hard to beat even when we're not playing well so um i suppose again it's a similar kind of thing he's he's good enough to to take us out of league dirt but um 
I certainly don't think that he's good enough to 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 lead us into the gap. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolute space room. We know how good Antonetti is at keeping teams in Liga, at least for, for a short period of time, at least anyway. In terms of other teams in and around there, Adam, because I know you get the chance to watch a lot of leader football now. Around the top, we'll start with it. And there's a, there's a few teams that will be vying for not just promotion, but uh, the pro promotion well, it's the promotion relegation playoff place as well. We've got uh, Stabrestois currently in second on 55. They're six points behind Mets, but five points ahead of Lorient, like just said, who are currently in that playoff place. But just below them on the same points is Paris FC, who've really impressed this season and some more more recognisable names in Lens and Trois, only a couple of points behind them. Who do you see sort of finishing in those other places? Because it's almost a given you'd think that Mets will at least be occupying at the very minimum third. But uh, who else do you see challenging to go up with them? Yeah, I think you're right. Mets, uh, Mets are pretty pretty much home and dry. They've been they've been pretty solid over the course of the season. I agree with Jez that they're sort of a, a League 1.5 seat, uh, team is, is a good way to describe it. I think I think Brest are, are pretty much there too. They're obviously a little bit less safe than Mets, but top league top scorer in our old friend Gaetan Chabonnier, who's been around league and was never a prolific goal scorer, but he's got 20 goals in league during the season. I remember him at Reims and at Angers and and Pats, uh, one or two others, and was was never really um, never really prolific, but it seemed to have found his his level. Um, uh, I think that they're easily well equipped to finish in that second place. The gap is sort of closed a little bit, but I think they they're, they're pretty confident of finishing at least second. They've got a number of sort of old league and kind of stores. Anthony Weber from Rons as well. Jesse P, who's been around. Thomas Ayas, who's been around as well. Um, Matthias Soltret has 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 been up and down the season. He's a good a good uh, attacking midfielder. So I think they're there. Um, Lorion. Um, are an interesting an interesting example of, of a team chasing the top two. I I would be worried if they got promoted. I'm sort of enjoyed following Lorient in in, in League uh, but I don't know if they've got the firepower at the moment to to maintain a, a league league un um, kind of place. Like the team that got relegated isn't actually too dissimilar to the one that's playing. But they've got at the moment Vance Lagos still there doing really well. Fabien Lemoyne is obviously a player of league and experience, and I would argue of league and quality. He's been absolutely brilliant for them this season. Jimmy Cabo as well on his day is absolutely fantastic, but perhaps not quite at league and level, even though he had his moments in in league and I remember him scoring a hat trick against Trois, which is absolutely fantastic. But he doesn't do that every week. And there are a few players that have sort of broken through that were in the in and around the team when they were before they got relegated, like Alexis Cord Maurice and, and Pierre Hamel. They they've become important players for them younger players coming through but whether they're of league and quality yet i don't know but i would still fancy him to finish in the in the top in the top uh five so that the next obviously the third fourth and fifth will playoff places and i really think that those three places are between four teams so the next three paris lawns and trois um i think you're, you're looking at three of those four finishing in the playoffs all the honor have hit a good good run of form and they're two points back and perhaps just not for it to rule them out by that not don't think they've got the quality to maintain it during the last nine nine games and there was a group just behind there but they sort of they sort of dropped away like Le Havre, who's been really poor recently even auxerre had looked like they might make a challenge at one point they won three or four games in a row after christmas and looked decent but they've been terrible and sacked uh, uh nancy old former nancy manager uh, paolo carrera recently so they've fallen out of, of, of sort of contention clermont are in around there as well but again i I don't know, even though they've got 17 goals from Florian I, who's been very good this season, I don't think they've got the, the quality to maintain it. So it's it's another sort of three of those last two that I haven't mentioned yet. So pa Paris FC are perhaps my favourite team in the division. They're unbelievably 
uh, defensive and unbelievably solid uh, in defensively. But they're they're very well organised and um, very. Uh, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of good technically good players. Um, um, perhaps listeners who are sort of a fan of wider European football remember Jonathan Petroipa, who was at uh, Hamburg and around the Bundesliga and, and sort of rocked up in Belgium and has turned up at Paris FC. And he 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 stands out in every game for them. He he looks fantastic in attacking midfield. And a player that I would really look out for in in their team is uh, uh, Roman Perro is on on loan from Nice at left back, and he's out, been absolutely fantastic this season. Uh, even though he's left back, he was actually top their top scorer at one point this year with four goals. So it shows how sort of fruitful they are in front of goal, but they've very rarely concede um and they've got apart from apart from actually no they actually do have the best defense in the record and uh, the defense record in the league Mets have conceded 18 and Paris conceded 16 so they're a really good side and I, I would I would back them to be decent in 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 league and with with the squad they've got at the moment although it might need to be expanded a little bit and Lons have been a little bit up and down of late but I, I would fancy them over Tua to finish in the top five. It's obviously, as as everyone who follows French football knows, they're extremely difficult to beat at home. Really, really good support. Um, getting easily the biggest crowds in the division sometimes up there with Mets as well. Um, and if you look over the course of the weekend, they often sort of sneak into the top five or six uh, tendencies in in France. Uh, you know, they're a side that really should be in in Ligue 1, and they've got players like uh, Guillaume Gillet, who's been injured for a long stretch of the season, but obviously a quality player despite being 35. International experience was great, great at Nantes. Wilder Mezloub was very good at uh, in spells. You know, he's, he's definitely got quality, but he's aging a little bit, but still perhaps can can do a job at this level. Stephen Forter signed from Toulouse recently, and he's started quite well in defence. So I think they they're a decent shout, but again, they would need to uh, expand quite a bit and on their squad if they were to get promoted, but. I think those those three in the playoffs, Twa have been in good form, but perhaps um, aren't quite as good as those other three teams. So I would think Paris FC would win the playoffs, perhaps, depending who they came up against in, in, in league. Uh, but Brest and Mets to get promoted for sure. Absolutely. And, and sticking quickly with sort of the, the higher points of the table, I suppose, is, is we've mentioned a few players that have really starred this season already. I know we, we're well versed in what Charbonnier can really bring into Liga, so it's unlikely maybe that he'd make a, a splash upon any kind of return. But is there any other standout performers in Ligue 2 that we could maybe be seeing in, in Ligue 1 and making a real splash? Because we've seen in the past a number of players not just go to Liga, but even to the Premier League and perform at a very high level. Yeah, there's definitely it's it's classic sort of league dead. sort of littered with breaking sort of young players sort of breaking through and um so there's some real quality in in places. It's very uneven the league. There's you know there's a, a few areas where there isn't the, you know the quality falls away. But I think one of the most interesting sides for that is sort of La Havre. You know they famous for developing young players. There's a young defender called Harold Mukudi who's um who's actually been exiled from the the first eleven who was sort of being linked with. Uh, He's a 20-year-old centre defender who's been linked with league and clubs, and, and he looked—he was fantastic in the first half of the year, um, but fell out with the, the the hierarchy, and he's been exiled from the team. Like very likely to move to a league and club in the summer. Um, I think he was—he was quite close to joining Aston Villa last summer. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there were quite a few. I think there were a few championship teams that were, were looking around him. And he's he's a good player, so it'd be great to keep him in France. Uh, Zinedine Fairhart as well is, is a sort of an, is a, a a wide sort of playmaker, Algerian. Play. He's he's very skillful, very good on the ball. It'd be good to see him in, in league in a very similar position in 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 the half. Um, and um, I think we've already talked a bit about Paris FC, but they've got a couple of uh, interesting young players breaking through as well. Um, I, I'm not. I've, I'm very difficult pronouncing this this guy's surname, so I was calling him Silas because that's his first name. That's what I always <laughs> always call him. But he's a, a 20 year old striker, and he's really developed into a, a very important player for them in the second half of the season. Very quick, decent finisher. 
um, and would suit a number of league and clubs really well, perhaps even further afield. So um, it's a division that is got a lot of exciting young players who, who develop quickly you know they find their way into the team uh pretty sharpish and and they're off but um it's, it's good to see them develop and um there's there's aside from the ones i've mentioned there's a number of, of, of very good young players yeah silas wamangituke is about how yeah. i'm reading that but I, I, i've probably butchered that so i do apologize to mr silas if he is listening at just very quickly then adam sort of before we move on to the league and weekend ahead looking sort of the bottom of the table i know a lot of listeners might be looking at the the league the table as they're listening to this and thinking about the teams that are there because we've mentioned a few famous ones you know oaks they were a champions league club in in re, well, recent enough memory but there's a couple of league sides fighting out near the bottom I, I can see Sosho in the um, relegation playoff zone at the moment and Nancy only a couple of points above them as well what's happened to these two clubs I mean Sosho I'm thinking about 10 years ago where we're on we're in European football so albeit UEFA Cup action and, and Nancy were obviously a, a league side uh, pretty recently in terms of actually being last season really they, they've both sort of fallen off a cliff yeah, they really have. I think Sosho are the classic example of a team that have fallen off the cliff. Um, they just don't have the quality. They've been running around the bottom third for some time now. And Omar Daff of, of, of Senegal fame from the 2002 World Cup is actually their manager. Um, and they've, they've really struggled to, to sort of maintain any sort of form over, over years, really. It's sort of been an endemic thing. And I think this season might be the year they finally drop into the to the relegation playoff. They're a bit of a, a league de Hamburg. They're sort, of, they're sort of just about surviving, but um, I, they might sort of start slipping away relatively soon. Players like Johan Molo are there now. Got a good couple of good young players. Lucien Ogon, who's, who's come through recently, is a 17-year-old. He, he's an exciting player, but I don't think they've got the quality overall. Um, Nancy, I think, will be okay. Um, they're like League does Monaco. They were terrible for the first half of the year. And um, They've got Alan Perrin in charge of, of Portsmouth fame, and it's obviously been around France for a long time. And they were they were abject for, for long stretches, but they signed loads of players in the in the January transfer window. Um, a, lot, a lot of players from Ligue 1 and Santi Ngong came in from Nantes. He's been really good. Scored a number of goals. Uh, Wagner, who is a Portuguese, no, Kate, Kate Verdian winger uh, at, at Sanetian, who had a few glimpses in the first uh, first first half of last season in the team. He's been absolutely fantastic for them um, and has really sort of dragged them out of the the, the mire. They won four games in a row with with sort of the number of these um, sort of five or six new players they, they brought in who'd been around sort of league and league for some time. So I think they'll be okay. Um, but then I think Bezier and Red Star, again, are in the same way that Mets look like a, a league side, they look like national teams. And I, I think that they'll probably, although Bezier got their, I think the question is, it was their first home win last week. So that, that shows what, that they're very, you know, they lack lack goals and lack penetration. But So I think they're going to go. And I think as Chateau, Gazalek, Chateau might start slipping down there, but I think Sosho are really in trouble and Nancy have got the quality now to stay out of trouble. So... Perhaps we might see Sosho in National. I don't think they'd lose the relegation playoff, but they that, they could well be in it. Mm, absolutely. I've got a small spot, soft spot for Sosho after, I think it was a 2009 football manager career on the mood. <laughs> yeah, Riyad Boudibou's in the squad. I had Jerome Roussel on. There's a few good players come through that sort of system that have, have gone on to have great success. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they brought. It's surprising to think how quickly they've they've dropped. I mean, the, the Cedric Bakambu was at there at, at some point as well. Um, a number of good players come through that system even recently, and it's a surprise that they have but fallen so far. I think that um, a lot of their fans, I think, have sort of quite a lot of their their anger for the Chinese owners. I don't think they've made any friends since they've been there. 
Mm. Uh, doesn't surprise me to fear with with what's happened with the with foreign owners in Liga. Full stop, really. But on on we move really to to back to Liga and action because there's some interesting games as well as a a, a cup final that we we spoke about on Monday. But we'll do some predictions at the end. But we're going to start with Friday's game, which is probably really the most competitive one of, of the weekend, Jess, because it's between Ren and Leon and Leon coming back to to league action now after uh, after the international break, which went relatively well for some of their players. We know Memphis Depay had a very, very successful break, really. But a good win against Montpellier lost time out. And the, but the, the, a lot of the talk about Leon at the moment isn't things on the field, really, because while they've been gone, there's been a lot of the talk about the de- what, quote-unquote, is the decision, although it may not be watched as much as LeBron's was a few years ago, really. <laughs> but, but, but Jean-Michel Olas is treating it with as much glamour nonetheless. And even rumours that Jose Mourinho might be in the wings and that he might be finally willing, as he puts it at least, anyway, to put up the money to, to bring him in. Does that managerial uncertainty bring some question marks? Because there's even rumours coming from today that he they're pretty much ready to give Genesio a new contract as well. Um, I, I'm always surprised that this kind of thing affects players, but it it generally does, um, especially if, if people know that the coach is kind of a, a, not a sitting duck, but the, they know that he's going to leave at the end of the season. It, it affects form. And I'm always disappointed when it does because they're professional players and you think that you know, once they get out onto the pitch, that kind of thing shouldn't make a difference. But it does generally seem to. And... I mean, Olas is such a canny operator that you're sort of tempted to think he must have some kind of, I don't know, clever plan for, for why he's decided that he's going to announce the, the decision about the coach when, when he is. But to me, it's, it's completely mystifying between two tough matches against Ren, the second of which is the Coupe de France semi-final, which, you know, really is a good chance for, for PSG to, to, um, Sorry for, for Leon to to get some silverware, um, and it just uh, whether whether Genesio stays or goes, it just seems very disruptive. Um, I can only think, and like you said that Le Parisien today were saying that he is set to get an extension. Um, I can only think that that must be the case because if if he's going to extend it and confirm that Genesio is staying, then you know, maybe it's a little bit of fuss over nothing and everything carries on as normal after after Monday's announcement. But if he's if he's gonna leave, then it just makes absolutely no sense to to announce it at such a crucial time of Lyon's season. Um the the, the Parisian article kind of made a fuss about how um he is sort of liked within within the club. Um I'm sure that whether However strongly Olas feels about him, if the players really did have issues with Genesio, I think, I think that their their sort of influence would speak, and, and he wouldn't stay. Um, so I suppose you have to take it at its word that, that he is respected there. But then at the same time, that being the case, why did Olas agree to listen to the fans' opinions, um, knowing full well, as everyone does, that a lot of the Lyon fans do not rate Genesio at all and really want him to leave? Um, that bit doesn't make sense either. Why say, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet with the bad guy, who are the, the, the main sort of Leon uh, fan group, and um, kind of really take account of, of, of what they want when I make my decision. 
um, if he knows that he's going to keep him on, all that's going to do is antagonise his own fans. So I don't understand what Olas is doing in general. Um, like I said, I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's been proved right more than wrong over the last 20 or so years. But um, it does seem a bit strange. But for me, whatever happens, I just I really, really hope that Mourinho doesn't get go near Liga. Um, I, I can't bear him. I think he's a really nasty piece of work as a Man United fan. I'm, I'm assuming that he doesn't have a particularly high opinion of him either right now. Um, I just, I don't think, I think the, the kind of soap opera that PSG give us is, is fine to be getting on with. And I, I don't, I don't particularly, I wouldn't particularly relish having to talk about Mourinho's latest kind of attention seeking shenanigans week in, week out, and week out as well. Yeah, it's, it's something we more. It's a catch twenty two. We kind of want to avoid, but it does give us topics when we go quiet. At least anyway. Um, <laughs> on onto their opponents, really in Ren, Adam. I think the best question to ask you on this one really is: They're now out of the Europa League after losing three 0 to Arsenal, and they were a bit indifferent in that game, and they got the draw against Bordeaux. They sit in eighth, but they've got two games against Lyon coming up as as Jez mentioned the the cup final um in Lyon uh, the cup semi-final sorry in Lyon uh, in midweek but obviously play at home in this one which game is more important to Ren now do, do they want to go all out and, and try and push themselves in, back in the back in the uh, argument for Europe in the league or, or do you think that the cup success is maybe their highest priority at this moment in time well I, I guess that's an interesting question because I guess if both lead to the same result, except one comes with a trophy. So, you know, they win, if they were to win the cup, they would get into Europe. And if they were to finish in the top five, you would imagine, I don't think it would be six because of I imagine Strasbourg or, you know, obviously Gamble, Gamble win the, the Coupe de Ligue, which means there won't be a top six like there have been the last few seasons because PSG have won them both. Um, that they also get into Europe. Um, but so obviously if they had their choice, they'd win the cup and get into Europe. But <laughs> the, the likelihood of that happening, them winning away at... Leon and then beating PSG in the final. I imagine Ben Arthur, if that happened, would would be uh, in his element. But um, I don't I don't see it happening. So, but then it, they're not a club that are going to to sort of bypass the cup to to focus on on the league, given they've got an opportunity to win a trophy. It's not too unlikely. It's not beyond the rounds of possibility that they could win win the cup. And they're a big team, and they're they're a type of team that would be um, aspiring to win trophies. So I think that they. It's given. It's just. It's obviously just one game. It's not like a Europa League group stage where there might need to be some sort of process of prioritisation between the league and 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 the Europa League. That they can they can focus on on both of these games as much as they can after this international break. They didn't have too many international leaves, so they'll be relatively fresh, um, and they they should be able to go into this week all guns blazing and 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 give it their best shot in both both fixtures and if they get to the final then you know that then that's fantastic if they don't then they can they can kind of switch back for their focus towards the league and you know even if they lose lose this this game to leon they're still very much in with a shout i mean it's not it wouldn't it'd be pretty bad if they did lose given the gap but not overly disastrous so i would say I would say prioritize both this week. Go for it, and because um, these kind of opportunities, cups, me finals, in relatively winnable game, I suppose. Given that it's the stage of the competition and and um, Leon's Leon's season so far, it don't come around too often. So for for Enzo, go for it. I would say. 
Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> this is the thing. Sometimes we we say about this, but are they just fodder for PSG to win in the in the final? Is it? Has yeah, been a lot of co- competition. So we'll wait and see. Although <laughs> Leon are a bit of their kryptonite, really. So there's there's a, there's yeah. a chance that they. they I don't want to say fully that they could up because they have faced a lot of not Leon in the cup finals recently. Let's get predictions then, and I'll start with you on on this one, Jez. What do you think the score will be? Uh, I'm finding this one really hard to call. I think um, it's been confirmed tonight that um, three of three of friends, I think, quite important players, um, Traore, who I think has been really underrated this year, um, Bourgeois and Ben Sabaini. Uh, out, which I think is a bit of a blow for them. I think if they'd been full strength, I'd have, I'd have backed them to sneak a win. I'm going to go, I think, one all. I think it'll be a draw. I think Lyon should be pretty happy to come away with the draw. Adam? Yeah, I, I agree with Jez. I think those three players would be big misses. Um, so I'm going to go 2-1 Lyon. I'm going to agree with Jez. It feels like a one-all draw just because of the distractions off the field for Leon as well. And also, yeah, just adding to that, I think the fact that, that Marseille have sort of sat off them a little bit now with the, the loss to Paris Saint-Germain last time out, they've got a bit of breathing room there now as well. So it's not exactly the end of the world if you're drawing away um, at Ren. Uh, on to the team I've just mentioned there, really, is Marseille facing... Angers at the weekend. That'll be the only game really on Saturday after a couple of uh, fixtures have moved around a couple to Sunday and, and Saint-Étienne, which we'll come on to later, has moved to Monday night. Uh, an interesting one on this one, Jez, especially for the, the home side. Like I mentioned, they lost Le Classique and again, rumours start swirling in the media about potential um, people leaving in the summer. That A, a couple of um, names really that we, we sort of expected wanting to 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 leave but also at the same time a lot of big names Pae, Rami, um, even Tovan or Gustavo may be sold in the in the sub to try and and inject some cash really maybe the best way to, to put it it's looking more and more like it's going to be even more of an uncertain summer for Marseille than we maybe even anticipated two maybe even three weeks ago yeah, I think it's quite clear that there's going to be a big overhaul in the summer. Um, it's been quite obvious that that's been needed for a while anyway, but Errol has pretty, pretty much come out and said it this week. Um, and I guess, again, it could be it could go either way for the rest of the season. Either certain players who know they're on their way out are going to be unmotivated or people are going to be playing either for their places, either to, to stay at Marseille or at least to to make themselves a little more attractive to, to other teams who may be coming in. So um, you'd hope that from a Marseille point of view, it, it could be a good thing. But um, yeah, as we've discussed, I think, several times before, there are a few players there who either don't look good enough for a club like Marseille or just don't look good enough anymore. Clearly have been good players in the past, but look well past their best. So um, I I definitely think there's a, there's a big need for, for renewal there. And then in terms of this match, it's, it's the usual thing with Marseille. It's, it's a little bit difficult to read exactly where they are. I mean, they, they had such a good run leading up to the PSG match. And then there's obviously no shame in, in losing 3-1 to, to, uh, away to PSG, particularly after being reduced to 10 men. Um, the Marseille fans, I think, did come away pretty disappointed that they didn't even put up any kind of fight it was that very short period at the beginning of the second half where um, they, they 
they pulled level again, more through, I think, PSG mistake than, than, than Marseille sort of slicing them open. But the result never really felt in any kind of doubt at any point during the match. And I think that's that was the frustration for the Marseille fans. So this is, you know, at home, Angers always a tough prospect, but at, at home, you'd expect Marseille to be able to bounce back. It's it's the usual thing with them that, that I think they need to bounce back in order to be a sort of springboard for, for the end of the season and for them to be able to just see the PSG match as a, a unfortunate blip. Another poor another poor result against Angers though, and then it'll be back to sort of Marseille in crisis and and then it, it becomes harder for them again to turn it around. But there is still that incentive of, of third place, of second place rather. Um, sorry, yeah, third, third place. Um, as we've just said, it's not inconceivable that, that Lyon could lose this weekend and they do have an, um, a couple more tough matches to come as well. Um, so Marseille really do have a, a good incentive to, to remain 100% motivated, both from a sort of personal point of view in terms of where players are going to end up in, in, during the summer, but also as a, as a club. Um, it's uh, Lyon, I think, are still clear favourites, but Marseille really could still give them a, a run for their money if, they, if they're really up for it. Hmm. And that's the interesting thing about this game, I, I, I think, that uh, on Adam, that Andre have been in pretty decent form, uh, they had a bit of a blip uh, last time out, but at the same time, they like being disruptors. Really, it's one of their favorite things to do, especially on a when they're on this sort of second half of season high as they have been in the last few weeks. Yes, they got the sort of uh, it's been a, three draws in a row really against a tough Monaco side at the moment. Montpellier are always difficult away from home and against Damien who are, are rising, but uh, it wouldn't bet against them to make it a fourth draw out of a row for them either. No, that'd be classic Angers, uh, wouldn't it? To sort of, they, they tend to play to their uh, sort of opponent's level almost. They, they, they struggle against the, the weaker teams and, and they they do okay against the the bigger teams and and get get decent results against them. They've they've been to Marseille before and and caused them issues. So, yeah, I think that they they have a, a decent shot at a draw here. The only the only thing that I would say is that given the way that their season has panned out, and you mentioned there their form has been solid and they've they've you know they've really extricated themselves from from relegation trouble. Um, and they're in 12th and 36 points, 14 points clear of the bottom three. They're no way in trouble. They're pretty much already safe, really. If it, but even if they lost every other game, they might be safe, to be honest. 36 points probably probably just about does you. Um, and they're 11 points, or well, 10 points off the top six. And they're not, they're not, they haven't got the quality to overcome all those teams between them and, and fifth. So their season's almost already over because they're not going to threaten either end of those. So unless you're sort of thinking players playing for contracts, players playing for for places or for or for moves or, or you know the club playing for prize money in the league that they're, they're sort of edging towards the 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 beach if you like which is a shame because you know they they are sort of usurpers they're sort of uh, they do tend to cause cause people issues and and surprises but i think that um although they they might um on the face of it have a good a good shout a draw here this might be they might just sort of lack the intensity that they've shown in in recent weeks that Moulin is, is very good at getting out of his sides and 
um, that, that might really count against them here. So I think, yeah, they, 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 yeah, assuming they can maintain their their desire over the course of the next few weeks, they'll continue to improve, and it'd be great to see them finish in the top half, which I don't think. They did. They finished ninth the season. They got promoted. I think they finished in the bottom half the last two years. So it'd be great to see them finish in the top half. That's a, a worthy goal. But I think, um, given the the, Mar the injection of youth at Marseille and Bubakar Kamara and Lopez and those sorts of players who are you know battling for for top three, I think that might be enough to swing it in Marseille's favour. So um, Orange are always always worth watching when they go to a big team or when the, especially when big teams come to them. But I think uh, it, it sort of gets they're edging towards their summer holidays so maybe a little bit too much already. Okay, and let's get some predictions on this one, Adam. I think you showed a little bit of your hand. Yeah. On that one. But what do you think the score will be? 2-0 uh, Marseille. Jez? Um, I'm going to go the same margin, but maybe they'll get a bit of a scare along the way, so 3-1 Marseille. I'm going to go for a one-all draw, I think. Uh, RJ like being spoilers, and, and Marseille never seems to bounce back completely after a, a poor result, so I, I think the draw might be on the cards. and uh, An interesting game following it on Sunday that we're going to have a look at between Toulouse and Paris Saint-Germain. And for the away side, Jez, it's been a, a positive week, really, although there was a couple of pullouts for injury of, of international players. At the same time, there's Thomas Tuchel signing a new contract to, to confirm his, his residence of 2021 and, and uh, the fact that uh, Verratti had a good international break as well, uh, although there's rumours of Kylian Mbappe heading to Real Madrid, but I'm I don't think, I don't know if you've if heard of anyone who's not been linked to Real Madrid since Zinedine Zidane as, a, as retaking charge. I think they could sign about 40 players if they needed to from the sounds of things, but all a little bit hunky-dory at Paris Saint-Germain, but at the same time is with the games that they've got left, the fact that they've almost practically, well, they've all but in name got the title sealed up. Is their focus maybe on Wednesday's game against Norton instead of this one? It probably is, but the squad they've got, there's more than enough room for them to be able to, to focus on both. It's this usual thing with PSG where they're in this kind of weird no-man's land where, I mean, much like Adam said about Angers, but in a completely different way. It kind of feels that although they do have a trophy to play for and may yet be, be challenged by, by the likes of, of, of Renault or Lyon, for example, um, basically their, their season is pretty much over because, as usual, it's sort of boiled down to, to one match or one tie and, and they were found wanting again. So you know, you'd expect them to get past Nantes, you'd expect them to get past Toulouse, they may, may well do it with, with a lot of style, you know, similarly to, to, to the match against Dijon, which, which immediately followed that man United you know, defeat. But part of it still feels a little bit like, well, you know, do, does it matter? They, they will win the league as, as sooner or later. Um, and it, it's as usual with them, it's just that, that frustration that, Great, you can do it against teams like that, but you didn't do it when you really should have done it when, when you when when it really mattered. Um, so you want to kind of try to to find things to reasons to to suggest that it's a particularly interesting match for them. Um, like I said about Marseille, can you say that any players are laying their place in the team? Probably not. I mean, I, there's been rumours that the last week or two that Danny Alves is going to be offered a new contract, that Buffon's going to be offered a new contract. I think that's a, a, a terrible sign, and to me that's still a case of Al-Khalifi just you know, looking after his 
being starstruck and looking after his mates rather than really thinking about what's best for the team. Um, it feels like ESG is not a particularly interesting subject anymore until until the summer and we start looking at possible transfers in or out. Um, yeah, it's just it's a frustration, and they may well play a fantastic match and you know, come away from two with a five nil win or something. But like I said, that the overwhelming feeling will still be, yeah, but you mucked it up when it counted. <laughs> Mm, absolutely. That's yet again going to hover over the Parisians uh, for the rest of the season, really. But as for Toulouse, Adam, is that a chance maybe to, with their eyes off the ball, a chance for them to take advantage? Because they have been a little bit better recently. I mean, they've not they've only lost once in their last four, and that was a pretty big hammer into Lyon. But they they managed to get over the line against Gengom. They they got a plucky draw against Nice before the uh, international break they're, they're pretty you would say they're safe now unless dramatically um, gang up started catching up the rest of the teams below them but uh, is there a possibility without the pressure off in this one that they can try and cause an upset I think they'll be hoping so but I, I unfortunately I don't really see a route for them in this game to get anything out of it I think um, Eric Eric Devin who's obviously a, a big part of the, the pod over the last few years, as as said, said to me recently that he thinks that Toulouse are the the worst team in 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 the division without Max Gradle, and I would agree with that. I think Max Gradle has has carried them this season completely. And yeah. you know, last last week at Nice, when um, uh, Christophe Harrell kind of shut him down, they they playing at playing at fullback, and and he was pretty anonymous. Toulouse are extremely lucky to get anything from that game. You know, as a late equaliser from Mubele off the bench and. So without without Grado, I I really think that they're they're they'd be in trouble. They'd be I'd honestly think they they'd probably be bottom if they weren't. You know they'd be they'd be in with Dijon and Con anyway if if they didn't have Grado at, at almost at best. So I, I would say that although they have their results have been slightly better recently and they haven't been quite as abject in the last month or so, that they they just they they look like a league dust side with a really good talisman. Who's kind of carrying them? So I, I I would be amazed if they managed to cause PSG um, any 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 issues here at all. And uh, I think that as we sort of mentioned before on the pod, the real why for for Toulouse is next season. What if Gradle, who you know will, will attract? He's okay, he's thirty one, but you know some other sides in some more expansive sides, some sides who can offer him more money or who can who might be giving more um, sort of ambitions in the, the top half of the table might look at him and. And he might be easily sort of poached, and and I don't know where that would leave to lose because I don't know how they go about replacing a player like Max Caredo. And um, although they've got other quality players, you know they've got one or two like Ibrahim Sagari's good, but he's young and a bit raw. Jimmy Domas isn't consistent enough. Manu Garcia is good, but is on loan. I don't know if that'll last. Matthew Dusevi was very good last season with Mets, but hasn't been great this season. So I, I think that. I, I can't really see a route for them to, to take anything from PSG, given that since the, even since, since the Man United result, they've actually sort of just carried on regardless. And, you know, when Di Maria in the form that he's, he's in, who's probably my shout for, for player of the season at the moment um, in, in France, I don't see uh, Toulouse causing him any issues, to be honest. And it's, uh, it's going to be a difficult summer for them. It really, really is, to be fair. Predictions on results then? I'll start with yourself, Jess. Uh, I think comfortable 3-0 for PSG. Adam? 5, I think. 
Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll st- stick in the middle of those two and go for a four 0 win. Uh, I can't see Toulouse getting anything out. Of it. I was more trying to give them some kind of optimism, but uh, you don't really see it when they play. So I, I don't know why we should be giving them any here. Uh, on to the final game of the weekend, really now at least, anyway, because it's it's moved on, and that's uh, Saint-Étienne versus Nîmes, which will actually happen on, on Monday night now, um, given the the movement from uh, French football officials and. An interesting one, really, in a, in a sense, because we were sort of cancelling Saint-Étienne out of a lot of things a couple of weeks ago, Jez, that they, they were sort of running out of steam. They, they struggled against Marseille and, and Lille and, and slowly slipped back to sixth. But a win against Caen and other results going their way with Marseille dropping some points as well, it, it puts them in a real fight again for fourth position, which were, both there and fifth would be Europe, but it'd be even better if they can manage to overhelm Loem. And they don't have the hardest schedule left, really. They've obviously got Nîmes this weekend and Amiens Bordeaux and then games against Ras and, and Monaco and Montpellier might be tough, but Toulouse, Nice and Angers still in that section as well. There's every chance that Leverre not only can get Europe, but if Lyon starts slipping up in this later stage, maybe with the Cup, if they get through in that semi-final, that maybe they could be the late runners for the Champions League as well. Yeah, I feel a little bit sorry for, for Saint-Etienne. They've had that kind of patchy run recently, but they've been they've sort of been victims of a couple of very late defeats against against Lyon, Lille, for example. There was the, the even the 3-0 against Rennes was extremely flattering to Rennes, I think. Um, so I, I think they haven't been playing badly but they haven't necessarily been getting the, the results that possibly they, they deserve. Only the Marseille match really, that was the one where they sort of really didn't turn up at all. Even PSG, they gave them a good game as well. And all that with two first-team regulars being ruled out for the rest of the season with serious injuries, and uh, Gabriel Silva and Mane Paquet. So um, I think, that, you know, as you'd expect from a Gasse team, they're, they're always hard to beat. Um, the last match, the 5-0 win at Caen, Again, Carl being so bad, it's difficult to read too much into it. But I think the fact that the, the goals were shared around and a, a couple of the, the sort of talented youngsters got on the score sheet as well, um, it's, it sort of bodes well for, for the maybe the not quite strength in depth, but certainly that the, there's there's a little bit more there than, than just the first team, the usual first teamers, and um, hopefully it sort of brings good good spirit to the team as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think they're, they're well set to, to finish the season strongly. And I guess that, yeah, in the same way as Marseille, just to, to be on Lyon's shoulder and you know, just kind of saying, if you step up at all, we're, we're, we're ready to take advantage. Um, I think maybe it's, it's a little bit too much for them to get that third place. But I think they've had a if you can say that, a sort of underrated season. I think they've gone a little bit under the radar because um, PSG, PSG, Lyon, Lyon, um, Lyon had such an amazing season. Marseille always going to get a lot of headlines. But I think Saint-Étienne, just on the quiet, I think probably surpassed most people's expectations. And um, I think it would be hugely deserved, even if they, they miss out on that Champions League race, I think it would be massively deserved if they were to, to secure a Europa League spot. 
And it'd be great if they can. Like you say, they've had a couple of hardships this season that have knocked them down a couple of times. And not so much for, for Neem. Uh, Adam, who've had a, a really great season. I know we've not really spoken as much about them in the second half, which is a bit of a disservice given how, how good they had been. But it has been a little bit of a, a topsy-turvy affair, shall we say. They were up in sixth back in January when they beat Nantes, but they, they dipped all the way to 11th before the victory against Nantes and the double win got them back into sort of a comfortable mid-table spot. They'll be really happy with how their season has gone. They've scored plenty of goals. They've had a lot of entertainment. They've got um, players that, much, much like Ras, haven't quite, well, while they've kept them, haven't quite made the step up to League 2, but it's from League 2 to League 2, but it's not really halted their stride at all. And while it's not exactly going to end in anything crazy like Ras might get in terms of Europe, but a comfortable mid-table slot is much more that, than uh, Le Crocodile could have anticipated coming into the season. Yeah, absolutely. It must have been. It must be great fun to be a Nîmes season ticket holder this year. Some of the some of the results they've had. You know, the four two win at Nantes and the the three one win at home to Marseille and uh, the high scoring draws at Bordeaux, drawing at Monaco. They've had some really really exciting games, and they play they they play they play good football. They they play sort of they play attacking football. You know, so it's 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 all they're always a good watch. And um, uh, Bernard Blackard's done an incredible job, really, because. Although they've dropped into the bottom half in 11th at the moment, they're, you know, they deserve to be based on their displays over the course of the year and, and the type of football that they play and the, ex- the excitement that they've given. They, you know, they, a top half finish would be very much deserved and you know, uh, really show the, 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 the progress they've made in the last sort of six months having been promoted. And I, I think that um, we've probably talked about him a lot, but I, I, I think it's just worth 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 noting the the effect in a similar way to Max Gradle, but perhaps in a positive sense. And I, I, Teddy Savernia, their, their central midfielder, who, who for me, uh, I mentioned previously that Di Maria was my, my at the moment, my my sort of front runner for player of the season. Just behind him is Savernia. He's been absolutely amazing this season. And um, he's, he's sort of a, a guy from Montpellier, from, from Nîmes. So, Hopefully they'll, they'll hold on to him over the over the over the summer, and you know I don't think he'd want to necessarily leave unless a really big offer came in. You know he still lives in in, in the suburbs of Montpellier with with his entire family, um, and you know is is really hardworking and really sort of family orientated guy, and and has, has been around the area that Montpellier he started and and Arles Avion and a few other the teams around there. So I think I think he's, he's he's a really interesting character, and if if they can hold on to him, he's the real heart of their team. Then you know who knows they could build on this next year. Um, you know they made some astute signings in in the summer uh, and 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 beyond. You know Jordan Ferry is a very good uh, addition in this league, and Vatu Moras is a good a good little fullback in this league as well. Um, so yeah, they're, they're a brilliant, well-run club, brilliantly managed with some really interesting, exciting players. And yeah, um, hopefully they can keep it up. They're a credit to to Ligon. Yeah, absolutely, and it, like you say. Great entertainers from from day one. Really, there's that three four against Star Angers to open the yeah, season. Yeah. <laughs> they beat they beat Marseille three one. There was a two four against Paris Saint Germain in week four. Three three against Bordeaux. Uh, there's uh, some crazy. They won a four nil away at Dijon. They mm. beat uh, Amiens at home three what a three nil. Um, they lost a four nil against Rennes before the end of the the turn of the year, but then they beat Angers at home three one. That two four, like we mentioned, it's not. 
Um, some really great games. The two two even against Strasbourg last week was yeah. was a pretty entertaining fair weather from behind uh, as well. Savonia's goal from the halfway line a couple of weeks ago as well was, was yeah. pretty special. So yeah, yeah, they've absolutely been worth your book. So if they do end up sticking this one on Monday on TV somewhere in England, do try and find it because Nima are almost guaranteed to to bring you something kind of entertaining, uh, and that at least comes to our predictions on the scoreline. Uh, Adam, what do you think the score will be? I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to say two all. <laughs> Jess? Uh, I was going to go for a Saint Etienne win, but you've both convinced me. <laughs> you've tur- yeah, you've turned me. So uh, I'm going to go 2 all as well. I'm going to go for the 3 2 Saint Etienne win. I'm going to ruin the nightmare, the, uh, the dream scenario for him, at least anyway. But uh, the, the, it, it just feels like it'll be a great game. And with Saint Etienne being a little bit more. Um, shall we say not not as uptight as they maybe have been in previous seasons it, it promises to be another exciting game for, for Neem to sink their teeth into uh, just before we go tonight we're not really going to preview in depth but the Coupe de Ligue final will be on your screens on Saturday night between Strasbourg and Gangon they're playing midweek to catch up with those fixtures but uh, it promises to be an interesting final um, given the fact that finally Paris Saint-Germain aren't in it for one thing so we're actually going to have a, a bit of a surprise winner regardless of who wins but I'm going to want some predictions from both of you before this cup final Jez what do you think the score will be on Saturday night? Uh, I'm finding it really hard on this one to decide as well I think it's it's weird because Gagon are kind of the full team they've only lost one, they've only lost one of their last five whereas um Strasbourg actually have got a terrible recent record um, and I think haven't won in about eight matches or something. I don't think they, they haven't won since they qualified for the final in January, actually. So um, on paper, you well, on paper, it depends how you look at it. Strasbourg, I think you can clearly say have been the better team this season, but in, in recent weeks, Gagan look more solid. But I think that missing both Coco and probably Dot as well, a big blow to Gangon. I think Strasbourg have been sort of taking it a little bit easy all because of this match or because they, they want to be sort of fully fit and ready to go for this match. So I think Strasbourg will win it 2-1. Hmm. Adam, what do you think? I, I'm on board with, with, with Jez there. I think I think 2-1 as well. I think sort of Strasbourg have been sort of saving themselves almost for this game, you know, to, to, for them to win the cup, given their, their fall from, from the top division and, and nearly going out of business and in the fourth and fifth tiers of, of French football to fight their way back so rapidly and so sort of excellently, you know, they've done, done brilliantly since they've been promoted overall and got some really good results. And to win a cup, it'd be massive. So I kind of feel like they've had one eye on this game ever since they, you know, this game was a thing. So uh, I, I think that, yeah, Strasbourg, um, for me, will, will run out winners. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards Strasbourg, and then I had a a moment of of, of worry when uh, Pierre Paul at Birmingham, our guest on on Monday night show, reminded us how good Gangump had got been getting through to the final and winning on penalties as well. Which, if it does go to the distance, you start leaning maybe towards the Britain side. But I, I'm also going with Strasbourg. I think a three one win and, and maybe a culmination what has been a a good season that's kind of petered out almost because of this final. So I think they they're more desperate to win it than uh, than anyone could, could imagine. Uh, that's all for this week. My thanks to Adam, Jez and all of you listening at home. Uh, do join us for the main show on Monday, but for now, enjoy your weekend of football.